self-love to me is just taking care of your needs before you're taking care of someone else. Obviously this doesn't apply to like, if you have a child, I always say this because some like moms have, you know, when I say things like that, then mom's like, yeah, but you don't understand. Cause you don't have kids. I think when you have, you know, a child, this is a totally different situation, but if you're trying to take care of a partner, it usually ends up draining you and not making you focus on yourself. And I think like the whole date yourself and said message is just really about, you know, learning how to put your needs before your partner so you could show up as a better partner. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopst, and today's guest is social media personality, Liz Boss. Liz is the host of the highly popular podcast, Date Yourself Instead a podcast intended to inspire you to become the best version of yourself. In her podcast, she gets candid about her relationship experiences and touches on other topics, including business, beauty, wellness, and so much more. In 2021, Liz started a self-love series on TikTok, which amassed over 100 million views on her videos and counting. In this episode, we talk about learning how to date yourself and take your power back so that you can become your highest self and attract a partner that reflects that. Liz opens up about healing her relationship with external validation and also shares some unhealthy patterns that she has had to work on. We also get into why you shouldn't be attached to timelines, how to know if you're with the right partner, the truth about manifestation, and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Liz Boss to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Liz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm excited to chat with you too. I mean, I really have enjoyed getting to know you by listening to your podcast, Date Yourself Instead, where you provide some no BS advice on relationships, but you also share pretty openly and vulnerably about your own struggles and challenges in relationships. And we're going to definitely cover a lot of that in this conversation. But I think a good place for us to start is so many people, whether they're in a relationship that isn't working, whether they've just gone through a breakup, whether they're just feeling stuck in life, they feel powerless. And they just feel like they can't figure out a way to regain some sense of control of their lives. And I know this is something that you like to talk about a lot. So like, what are like maybe like three to five things that maybe you've done or that you would invite like one of your listeners to do when it, co- when it comes to taking their power back? Yeah. So I have a full episode on this, actually. It's how to take your power back after a breakup because so many people were messaging me like, how am I supposed to move on from this person? I feel so stuck. I feel so depressed. And I've directly experienced this more than one time. So I would like to say I know a lot about taking your power back, but at the same time, I totally understand that feeling of feeling powerless and knowing that like when you really love someone and you really care about someone, it could feel so impossible to move on. So I think just empathizing with people about this is like, the number one thing, like I like, I feel like I have so much to say about it, but at the same time, your feelings are valid if you are currently going through something like this. Just understand that sometimes it is important to cry it all out, process the emotion, and actually, you know, own the situation and understand that this is a part of your journey and this is a part of your process. 
And just facing it head on in the beginning, I think is part of the first step of actually taking your power back. Just understanding that this is all happening for a reason. And I feel like the first step of really taking your power back is to just understand like this is all happening for you. And it's a part of your learning process in life. And I think another big thing for me, as we were discussing prior to you know, really getting on the podcast is just fitness in general has played such a key role in my mental health as I was coming out of a breakup and I just felt so stuck and so lost and so sad. I would force myself to stay active, keep my body moving, go to the gym, actually just taking care of my physical health really actually played a huge part in taking care of my mental health as well. And just understanding that it's not about, you know, looking a certain way or going to the gym and, you know, getting a six pack. It has nothing to do with that. I just encourage people to actually just take care of your physical health because it really does change like the chemistry in your brain, especially when you're going through something super traumatic or going through something where you feel like, powerless because you're building your physical strength and it like plays into building your mental strength as well. And I feel like when I was coming out of a really, really hard and difficult breakup, but also other situations in my life that were just super painful, every time I built a routine for myself and getting myself into a structured routine where I could take care of my physical health, that built the foundation for taking care of my mental health. So I always tell people to try to get yourself as much as you want to lay in bed and cry your eyes out every day. You could do that. Take as much time as you need, but there has to be a certain turning point where you say, okay, like I really want to start taking care of my mental health during this really difficult time. And that's like a huge thing for me. And that's something that I talk about in that episode about taking your power back. I love what you said there about like acceptance and just knowing that this is part of the process and making sure to like feel your feelings and go through that grieving time as well. And then also focusing on fitness and bettering your physical health, bettering your mental health and controlling what you can on that side of things. And then also like regaining some structure, because I think a lot of times when you're in a relationship with somebody, the structure of your life sometimes becomes dependent on that relationship, right? And so when you're out of that relationship, it can be hard to figure out like what's life going to be like now without that. So yeah, I definitely think that what you said is is so important. And I think one of the things that also makes people feel a bit powerless when they get out of a relationship, specifically if they're in a relationship where they maybe were broken up with or they were the ones who were dumped, it's like, well, what could I have done differently? I'm like, why did this happen to me? Like, did they find somebody else? Like all these things that you're that are you have no control over, you're powerless, there's so much uncertainty. And the only thing I think at times you can control is once you get out of that grieving process is looking within and saying, okay, like how could I have done better? Or why did I allow this into my life? Or why did I attract something like this? Or were there any signs or anything like that? And so with that said, like for you and your history and relationships, like what are some of the patterns that you think you've had to unlearn or mistakes that you've made consistently in relationships that have really led to a a lot of personal growth for you? I feel like I've learned so much particularly over the last year and a half, because I got out of a really toxic relationship. It wasn't toxic in the sense of he treated me badly. It was toxic in the sense of I just knew that in order to grow and evolve as a person, it wasn't going to be with this person. And I was almost self-sabotaging. I was almost like so attached and so in love with him. And he was such a good partner. So it was, it made it even more difficult in a way to let go because 
I was like, he's amazing. So how am I supposed to live without this person? Sometimes I think it's easier when someone is treating you really badly because you know that you deserve better. But in this case, it was like extra difficult because we had like cultural differences and it wasn't about the like internal relationship itself. And what I learned is that there's a lot of components to being in a healthy relationship. And the most important thing of all is to really love yourself. And as cliche as that is, I wasn't loving myself because I kept going back to this situation, even though I knew that I wasn't growing and I wasn't evolving. And I think just really recognizing that pattern, I would do this with other people as well, just constantly going back to people, even though they weren't serving my highest good and they weren't benefiting me in any way as far as like growing as a person or even being happy. I would sacrifice my happiness all the time in the sake of, you know, giving someone all the love I have within myself and leaving nothing left to take care of myself. So I think one of the biggest things I've learned is to, and which is why I created the podcast is just to, you know, love yourself so deeply that you're not going to allow yourself to get into a position where you're constantly sacrificing and you're constantly draining your own power because it's so easy to get yourself in a situation like that. And it's so easy to drain yourself for the sake of loving someone because then you forget how to love yourself. And it's, it's definitely a learning process. I'm, you know, I'm almost 30 now. I've been through three very long-term relationships and each one has taught me something completely different. And I think that that's part of everyone's life path is to learn through experience. So if you are currently going through something like this, just understand that it has to be teaching you something. You know, I don't regret anything that I've been through, even though a lot of it was really difficult. Right. And you're right. Like relationships are often our greatest teachers, right? And we have to go through the the experiences to, to learn things. And I like what you said about like loving yourself. You have to be able to have an understanding of what you stand for, what your values are, and like what you're not going to settle for. And that term like self-love and loving yourself, it gets thrown around a lot, right? So like for you, like maybe expand on it a little bit as to like what that means for you and then how you learning to love yourself maybe maybe recently in the dating world has helped serve you to maybe you know not fall for somebody that maybe wasn't in, aligned with you. Yeah, I think self-love to me is just taking care of your needs before you're taking care of someone else. Obviously, this doesn't apply to like if you have a child. I always say this because some like moms have, you know, when I say things like that, then mom's like, yeah, but you don't understand because you don't have kids. I think when you have, you know, a child, this is a totally different situation. But if you're trying to take care of a partner, it usually ends up draining you and not making you focus on yourself. And I think like the whole date yourself instead message is just really about, you know, learning how to put your needs before your partner so you could show up as a better partner. And this doesn't mean constantly being selfish. Obviously, there's going to be situations where you need to help, you know, your significant other out, especially during difficult times. And it's good to lean on each other. But when it comes to a day to day basis, for example, like with me, I was just always putting their needs before my own. And if they wanted to do something, I would just cater to them. Or if they wanted something, you know, that I didn't necessarily want in the relationship, I was always just catering to what they wanted instead of being like, what do I want? And asking myself the question of like, what's actually going to make me happy? And I would just focus on their happiness instead of my own. And I think at a certain point, I started to just feel so 
powerless, even though I knew I had so much power within myself and that power never really leaves. It just feels like it's leaving because you're sad and you're depressed and you went through a lot, but you always have that power within you. And I would always feel like I lost that sense of power when I would cater to someone else's happiness constantly instead of my own. So I think like that ties into the whole self-love thing, just making sure that you're prioritizing your needs and, you know, there has to be a balance. You can't constantly be catering to someone else just because you're afraid of losing them. And I think I was always afraid of losing my partner. So I would try to do everything in my power to just make them happy instead of saying like, what do I want? You know, what do I need from this person in order to also like be happy in the relationship? So yeah, you know, practicing self-love in the context of a romantic relationship is obviously very important, like making sure that you're filling your cup, making sure that your cup is also being filled in a way from your partner that, you know, they're helping to meet some of your emotional needs and and vice versa. I think that's all important. I think where self-love can become very challenging is before somebody gets into a relationship where they've started to do some work on themselves and they, they end up wanting a relationship and they see somebody that maybe is a fit, but not the fit for them. And they end up pursuing them just for the sake of a relationship. And then they they end up, you know, riding it out for a bit only to find out, you know, after all, they weren't a fit. So talk a bit about like why in your experience, practicing self-love, like within the context of choosing the right person and not just getting into a relationship just to date somebody is so important. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what you just said really resonated with me because I've been guilty of doing that. I have been in relationships that I knew from the beginning, from day one, weren't serving my highest good. And I think I have these, you know, meditation exercises that I do that are kind of like visualizing my higher self and just seeing my higher self. And now I kind of make decisions based off of that person versus the current person that I am. Because if I'm constantly trying to grow and evolve as a person and learn from my past experiences, I think it's important to always take a step back when you're meeting someone new and you're, you know, in the dating scene now and just say like, would the best version of myself date this person or am I just lonely? You know, like would the best version of myself entertain this situation and give this person my energy, my time, or am I just vulnerable right now and going through a lot and I just want to talk to someone? I always ended up in situations where I was, you know, a little bit vulnerable because I was single, living in New York by myself, alone, and I would be talking to someone and then I knew they weren't right for me. They showed the red flags from like day one and I would just entertain it because I had no one else to talk to. And I think I was just trying to fill some sort of void instead of saying, what can I do to just focus on myself and trust the universe or, you know, whatever higher power you believe in trust that at the right timing, the healthiest and right person will come without me having to force it. And I don't have to, you know, settle for someone that I already see red flags with just because I'm lonely, just kind of visualizing my higher self. That's the biggest piece of advice I also have for other people who have fallen into the trap of just being with someone out of loneliness or convenience. Would your higher self, would the best version of yourself really go for that person? Asking yourself that question really does help. I think that's that's what I do. I cuz I've been there and I get it and I understand how it could be easy to fall into the trap of just being in a relationship because you feel alone. Right. And like kind of 
continuing down this thread of the conversation, you know, speaking of dating out of loneliness, dating because you're desperate, I think that goes in line with timelines, right? And you mentioned that you're that you're almost 30. And I'm sure you you see obviously a lot of people on social media, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're they're buying the homes, they're, you know, they're starting family traditions and all the things. How do you navigate timelines? Like how do you how do you handle that when you see stuff like that pop up on social media? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first wanted to give a quick shout out to Organifi. As you know, Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers that contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Recently, I have been loving the refreshing taste of the new Organifi green juice, Crisp Apple. That's right, Crisp Apple. It comes with all the benefits you've come to love in the classic green juice with a new juicy twist. Enjoy the same fan-favorite nourishing ingredients such as ashwagandha, moringa, spirulina, and chlorella, designed to hydrate, energize, and support cortisol balance. The new green juice crisp apple is made with organic, wholesome, hand-picked apples. It tastes like a fresh, juicy slice in every sip, making it the first of its kind the whole family will absolutely love. It's only available for a limited time, so make sure to stock up now and take advantage of this nourishing green juice that tastes absolutely divine. So go to www.organifi.com backslash Doug and use code Doug for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com backslash Doug and use code Doug for 20% off any item. Now back to the show. I don't really follow any sort of timeline because that would drive me crazy. I do believe that it's not healthy to, you know, plan your life according to an age. I know I mentioned that I'm almost 30, but I feel like I'm still 21. And I know that might sound silly, but it's important for me to think like that because I think age is just a concept that society has constructed. I don't think age really matters because I've also met people who are 40 and super immature and they, you know, I mean, I've dated like a wide range of people, like wide range age wise. And there's 40 year olds that, you know, they're not so mature. And then there's 20 year olds that are super mature and they've had like a whole life that I'm like, how is this even possible? You're so young, you know, like you can't really judge someone by their age or their life. Everyone's life path is different. So I try not to go by age. I try not to go by timing and I just kind of take every day as it comes. I'm very, I guess I want to say like, I'm very like against judging someone by their age and against that, like I also shouldn't be judging myself for my age. And I don't know, I have this like youth mentality and it really keeps me going. I really don't, I don't think about it. I love your honesty because I think, you know, you're somebody that obviously has you have a great like perspective on life. I know there's a fair amount of people that, you know, as they continue to get older and they're scrolling on social media and they're seeing people getting married and having these big life events, they start being like, oh my gosh, like, like when is it going to be time for me? Or when am I going to do this? They fall into that comparison trap and then that ends up leading to them getting into a relationship out of desperation or that ends up leading to you know, some sort of, you know, depression or stress or something like that. I've had, you know, my mom say things like, you know, time is ticking. She'll say things like that to me. And I've never felt like time was ticking. I just felt like this is my journey and my path. And I can't control that. If you're forcing something to happen by a certain deadline, 
the long-term effects of that, I don't think are so great because if you're forcing a relationship out of timing, I don't think that's necessarily the right person for you. If you're just settling with someone just to settle, you might not be happy in the long term. That's why people have midlife crisis at like 40, 50 years old. Cause they're like, you know, I rushed into something. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids and I get it. I do understand from a woman's perspective, like from a man's perspective, you know, they don't have to get pregnant and deal with all those things. Like, Oh, you know, I only have a certain amount of like a window left before I can't get pregnant anymore. It's different. It's definitely a different situation for men. But for women, I understand why there would be a lot of pressure and deadlines and timelines. I have thought about it recently because, you know, I have some friends now that are also freezing their eggs and doing things to, you know, make sure that if they do settle down late, it's not going to affect, you know, their window to have children and, you know, get pregnant, all that stuff. There are all sort of things that women think about when it comes to timing. But I try not to focus on it. I really do because I do trust that I have trust the process tattooed on my arm. And a big part of that is like trusting the timing of your life and just understanding that, you know, your path is your path. And yeah, I know women that, you know, they settle down at 35 or later and they're so happy that they waited and didn't settle. So everyone's different. Everyone has a different choice, different choices in life and this is how my brain works, but, but yeah. I appreciate the honesty because I think it's an important like lesson to be able to learn in life that timelines mostly are kind of BS, right? And you have to focus on yourself. You got to focus on running your own race. That's often cliche too, but it's so true that you have to stay on the path that's meant for you. Otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy and you'll start focusing on things that you can't control and then you'll become powerless, which is kind of like how we started the conversation. It's another way for people to become powerless is when they, they spend so much time, so much energy on focusing on things they can't control. And along this same theme comes the name of your podcast, like Date Yourself Instead. And I think this concept can be very useful during times where you're feeling a bit lonely, when maybe you're going, you went through a breakup or you're just in the transition phase as far as relationships. Like what does date yourself instead mean to you? And then what are a few things that you do for yourself to quote unquote date yourself? Date yourself instead. I mean, it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Some people have messaged me and they ask me like, oh, does this mean I shouldn't be in a relationship ever again? And I'm like, oh my God, no, like absolutely not. You should totally be in a relationship. And I think in some ways it can apply to people in relationships even more because when we're with a partner constantly, we tend to lose ourselves a little bit because, you know, we're constantly surrounded by someone's energy. And sometimes it's hard to pull your energy away from your partner because you do everything together. You have dinner together every night, you know, you're sleeping together. It's like, it's hard not to kind of mesh worlds, right? So I think it's just a message to take your independence and like own it. Even if you're in a relationship, it doesn't matter if you're with someone or not. It's just important to still focus on yourself regardless if you have a partner. And it's a reminder to myself. I created the brand as a reminder to myself too, because by no means am I perfect. And when I've been in relationships, I've lost my sense of self many times. So I think it's just about owning, you know, who you are and also just maintaining your independence and your value and learning how to love yourself fully, regardless of someone else in your life. And yeah, I mean, everyone's interpreted it a little bit differently, but that's the meaning for me and why I created the podcast. And I want to take it now in the 
direction of talking about external validation. Because I know that dating yourself, focusing on yourself, doing things that are nourishing for yourself, that can all help you build your self-worth and build your internal validation, if you will. And I know that you've had some, you've openly admitted that you've struggled at times with external validation. So what are a few things that you thought would make you happy that were external, but in reality, you know, just didn't, and if anything, perhaps even let you down? I think being with someone that I love, it didn't really affect, you know, the love I have within myself. It actually sometimes I was pouring so much love into my relationships. I thought, you know, if I have this person now, everything's going to be amazing. If I have a boyfriend now, I'll never feel lonely again. But actually, I felt really lonely in some of my relationships because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was just, you know, sometimes I just felt like I was catering to someone else all the time and I never took care of myself. And validation from that person actually was so short term and it didn't really help me. Because when I wasn't with them or I didn't see them, I would still have this feeling of emptiness inside. So I think that's also a lot of where the brand had come from. It's just learning how to validate yourself by yourself and not depending on a partner to make you feel good. And another thing, maybe not related to dating, I would say is just achieving certain milestones in my career. It's a little off topic now, but I had manifested pretty much everything I've ever wanted in my life. Like, and I'm not saying that in a conceited way. I just, when I was really young, I always knew I wanted a creative career. I didn't want to work, you know, a nine to five. I didn't want to, I wanted to do something different and I wanted to be something different and unique. And I wanted to have a lot of people looking at me. I wanted attention. I wanted, you know, a personal brand. I wanted so many things and I achieved everything on my list. And I honestly, there were moments after all that, like after I, I, you know, I wanted to go to the Grammys. I went to the Grammys twice. I wanted to walk red carpets, did all of that, met all the celebrities that I looked up to. And I was so depressed and so disappointed, like, because I thought those things would make me feel powerful. And instead, it actually just made me feel like this isn't even important. It just made me feel like a lot of what I had wanted wasn't actually what I wanted. I just thought I wanted it because of like what other people were saying and what other people portray it as. And, you know, oh, if you're famous, your life is perfect. And if you're famous, like, and you have all this money, you're going to be so fulfilled. And I understand why celebrities go through like things like addiction and things like crazy things that you're like, how could that person be miserable when they have everything in the world? I get it on a much smaller scale because all of these external things do not make you happy. What makes you happy is actually learning how to take care of yourself and learning how to really validate yourself inside. And it sounds kind of corny, but that's really so true. And I learned that by directly experiencing all the external things that I'd wanted because I would go home from these events. I'd be like, okay, now what? Like now what? Okay. So I met, you know, I met like the five most famous people in the world. And now what? I go home to my bed. I'm still alone. I still feel like shit. And I just had to learn how to like make myself happy by just doing, it's very actually simple things that started to make me happy, like meditating, working out, journaling, spending time with people that actually care about me, like my friends that have no social media. It just, yeah, it's just a learning process, obviously. But none of those things, I think, really make anyone happy. I don't know anyone who's like 
in that world that has said like, yeah, like going to events nonstop or my source of happiness or, you know, getting trash and getting wasted every night and partying with celebrities is my sense of happiness. Like all those external things are really just, in my opinion, that might be too aggressive for the podcast, but it's... Oh no, we talk about this stuff. Trust me. I <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just this idea that people have in their heads because you see it everywhere. You see like the glamour side of things on social media. You see people posting these stories of them out raging and, you know, flashing their lives. But those people, like not all of them are truly happy unless they also, you know, do a lot of inner work and they take care of themselves and they have like a totally separate lifestyle that they don't show. A lot of those people are just showing it because I don't know, for whatever reason, like, they feel the need to validate themselves externally, but that doesn't mean they're happy, you know? So I've learned a lot just being in that industry too and being in the career that I'm in. I got a book for you. I'm gonna, I'll send it to you when we get done. It's called The Molecule of More. It's all about dopamine. And what you just described is all dopamine where it's like, what's next? And you want more and more and more. And it's almost like they call it the chemical of like buyer's remorse, where it's like, you end up doing something. And then like, after you do the thing, you're like, God, it didn't even feel as good as I thought it would, right? But it's funny that the way you describe what you described is you were coming from a place of, in a way, like I guess insecurity, looking for things that you thought would bring you happiness, you know, going to the Grammys, having a bunch of attention, walking the red carpet, like meeting celebrities, and that you thought that, you know, being around things like that to help give you fame and some sense of importance would bring you happiness when in turn, the complete opposite is what made you happy. Like things that cost you nothing, fitness, meditating, spending time with close friends, none of that stuff made you famous, right? That's just in a way validated yourself. And that's what really made you truly happy. And so now bringing it back full circle, you have the podcast where you're, there's a lot of eyes on you. There's a lot of ears listening to your podcast now. You have a social media platform. How do you navigate all this now given your past and how sometimes you've fallen down that slippery slope of, of being addicted to external validation? I just see the world so differently than I did a few years ago. I actually went through this spiritual transformation, I guess you could say, over the last two years. I think... Before that, I wouldn't have known how to navigate anything the right way. And that's why I was, I always felt so unfulfilled. I think now, even though I have a lot of people listening to my podcast and a lot of attention, and you know, I have a big following, I don't perceive it as that. I just perceive it as like a community. And I don't perceive it as, you know, I'm in the public eye and I'm famous and I have to go to all these events. I pick and choose very carefully what makes me feel good now. When it comes to going to events, I pick and choose only the ones that I think, you know, I'm going to have an actual good time at. I don't drink alcohol, as I mentioned to you before we started. Like, I don't, I don't drink alcohol because I was doing it all the time as a social thing to make sure people didn't think I was, like, not weird almost. Like, when you say to someone still, even nowadays, it's more common to be sober now, but it's still a pretty new thing. Like a lot of people will still judge you pretty hard for not drinking alcohol at a, at very important events too, like celebrity events, you know, brand events, anything that I would go to, everyone's drinking. So it took a lot of like inner work for me to not care what people think as far as, you know, socializing and going out. But now, now that I have that sense of self where I'm like, this is who I am, I'm not going to change who I am for the sake of making someone think I'm less like I'm making someone think like that I'm less weird, I guess. So 
just kind of like now I'm able to stay true to myself and kind of create like a bubble. This might sound a little cheesy, but like create a bubble around me where I'm like protected mentally, like a mental bubble where I'm like, I'm preserving who I am and protecting my energy. And if anyone doesn't like that, people don't like me, then okay. Like who cares? You know, like this is who I am. We have one life to live. Life is short and I'm not going to cater anymore to other people's perceptions of me. Like this is who I am and I have to own it in order to be happy. So just going into things now with that mentality, especially being in a world like the influencer world and celebrity world, it's a lot easier to navigate things. I go home early all the time. Like I'll go to an event for like 45 minutes in the past. I would be like, Oh, I should stay. Like, what if they like see that I left Like, what if the brand sees that I'm not here anymore? Now I'm just like, if I'm not feeling something, I just leave. I'm like, I don't have time for this. And I just do my own thing. So this is an important topic because there's so many people that struggle with people pleasing and worrying about what other people think of them. And you're right. I think one of the hardest things outside of, you know, giving up alcohol in itself is when you go to social events and it's like, well, what do you say to somebody when they're like, well, why aren't you drinking? Or you see everybody else drinking at an event or a party and you almost feel like you're obligated to do so because you're like, what are they going to say to me? Or are they going to think that I have a problem or whatever the case may be? What are a few things that you did? Maybe it's meditations. Maybe it was like some journaling exercises that helped you like kind of unlearn those patterns of worrying about what other people thought of you. I think it's just honestly completely transparent. It was everything I had gone through over the last two years mentally, just When you go through really traumatic, it changes your brain. It really does. I just went through so much between a breakup, losing my entire business pretty much during COVID, then going through a very, really like heart wrenching breakup. And then my mom had cancer. Like it all happened at once. And I just, I broke down to the point where like, I was like, I don't have time to care about what anyone else to say anymore. Like, I don't have time to deal with the bullshit. I don't have time to sugarcoat things. And when you go through really difficult things, for me at least, I just saw it as like a transformative time in my life where at that point, nothing else mattered. I was like, okay, so now when I go into things, I can handle pretty much anything now. Like, I don't have to worry about what people, like, who cares if someone's judging me when, like, I went through all of that? You know what I mean? It kind of just built me to a point where now, like, I have such a strong foundation that nothing can really rattle me the same way that all of that did. I mean, you know, maybe there's more to come. <laughs> maybe I have to go through more. But, like, those experiences shape your mental strength and make you, I honestly feel like it makes you feel so much different about everything else. So that really helped me kind of like change the way I saw everything, just going through experience. And I think we have to go through phases in life. For five years straight, I had the best life ever. Like I was traveling the world. I was in an amazing relationship. I, you know, I was making so much money. I had everything I ever wanted. And then the fan and it changed everything for me. There was a lot of shallow parts of who I was. I had a huge ego. I, you know, there was a lot of things that I needed to figure out in order to be the person that I am today. And yeah, I just went through so much that now it's like, I'm a totally different person when I, someone tries to like bully me or, you know, send me a mean message. I just laugh. I'm like, whatever, you know, like 
I've been through enough to understand that it's not really important anymore. Yeah, because there's some times in life or a lot of times in life, there has to be like periods of darkness, like strong periods of darkness before there's light, right? And I think it's during the times of darkness that that really shapes you as a person, really shapes you as a character. Like I believe that like self-confidence isn't built necessarily when you get to the top. It's built on the way up. Like as you continue to fall and get back up and you're getting back up because you're believing in yourself, like that's where I believe true self-confidence like comes from because you're you're essentially just knowing that no matter what happens, you're still going to be okay because you believe in yourself that you know that you have the strength and the willpower and the the wisdom to be able to carry you through. I want to talk about manifestations and that's something you've talked about. I believe a lot in the law of attraction and that it's all about a lot of it's about energy. Like you put it, whatever you put out, I think comes back. Talk about both ways. Talk about how manifestation has worked negatively for you, or maybe you were in a time where your energy wasn't good, or maybe you were coming from a place of desperation. You actually manifested something that you didn't really want in your life. And then talk about how you being at your highest self and acting within that has helped you manifest something that's been meaningful. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to scare anyone. Say, you know, if you think bad thoughts, like bad shit's going to happen to you because I, I don't believe that. I think manifestation is very interesting. And I think it's also like kind of misunderstood. I don't think it's like you think of something and it happened. It appears like it's been explained like that. And when I first got into the whole manifestation thing, that's what I thought it was. But it's really about like, for me, like, I think it's just about thinking of something really subtly and then letting it go and almost not really caring about it. And if you believe it's already coming your way, it'll eventually come your way as long as you're working towards it and you actually are like in a positive mental space about it. I think sometimes, I don't want to say I've ever manifested anything negatively, but I've definitely gotten in my head about things that I really wanted. And it was like creating so much resistance around it. So then I would end up delaying it coming into my life. And this has happened with people that I've wanted, you know, to date even like I have an episode on how to manifest your soulmate. And like, it always happens when you don't even want it. It always happens when you're just like not even thinking about it. And that's why like a lot of manifestations come in when you're least expecting it almost because you almost like forget that you even wanted it. And that's because you're aligned with it. So like, you're not really supposed to care about it that much. The second you start obsessing and caring over something is when it's like getting pushed away. Like you become a magnet when you don't really give a shit. As weird as that sounds, I feel like it's so true. And kind of like, you'd think that doesn't make sense, but it's the law of attraction. And yeah, I've manifested like, I'll say when I was really in a low place in my life, I think I've manifested certain situations with certain people where I got into some bad business deals before because I would always say, you know, I don't want this to happen. And by obsessing over not wanting it to happen, it would always end up happening. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like, I don't want to say anything that would like, you know, scare people (laughs) into like, because everyone has bad days. Everyone has like, you know, you have negative thoughts sometimes. But yeah, for the most part, I've never manifested anything terrible into my life. Yeah, maybe I didn't mean it in the sense of like you just whatever you if you like said, okay, like um, my bank account's going to go to zero that all of a sudden, like two days later, your bank account went to zero. Not that context. I mean, I think sometimes in life, because of the way that people don't practice self love, they don't value themselves, they don't work on themselves, they end up like wanting a relationship 
so to speak, right? They want they want to be in a relationship with somebody and they end up like attracting somebody that they wouldn't normally want if they were feeling like better about themselves, right? So the very thing they wanted, does that yeah, make that's sense? That's, that's okay, okay, yeah, I can definitely touch on that. So there have been periods of time in my life where I was in a really vulnerable state where I wasn't ready for a relationship and I had a lot of inner work to do. And yeah, of course, I would attract partners that treated me like total crap. And I allowed it. I did. I allowed, you know, I, even though I saw it was happening and I knew that I probably deserved better, I would continue it because I didn't feel good internally about myself. And I guess in some way I manifested that energy into my life because that was the vibration. That was like the level I was at. And that's like all I could see. And I was like, this is like, at the time I didn't realize kind of in a way I was blinded because I wasn't the best version of myself. But as you work on yourself and as you better yourself and learn how to take care of who you are, it's a lot easier to attract people who are aligned with that. And I think it's all energy, you know, it's all where you're at and how you feel. And I don't regret anything though, that I went through, even though I, you know, I might've, I guess, attracted people that weren't right for me. It taught me so much about what I do want and what I do deserve. And it forces you to level up and it forces you to do the inner work. And yeah, I mean, I've been through both amazing experiences with relationships and both, you know, also negative ones, but I think everything has taught me so much. So even if you do attract someone that's not the right person for you in your life, maybe you need that in order to level up and, you know, become an even greater version of yourself. I always tell people that who are going through something like that and who maybe are not with the right person, you could always like learn from it and take some sort of value from it. Absolutely. There's always going to be like lessons and things that you go through for, I would say for the most part. But I think it also just goes back to the, one of the big themes of our conversation, which is like loving yourself first, taking care of yourself and being okay with the person in the mirror. Because if you're not okay spending time by yourself with you, like how are you going to expect somebody else to want to spend time with you? And you'll end up like falling into the wrong types of relationships and ending up losing yourself even more for the sake of just being with somebody else that gives you attention because you're not capable of potentially giving yourself the attention that you need. I've also had just crazy manifestation things happen to me, but not necessarily anything insane. But like, for example, there was, you know, one guy that I, I liked and I went on vacation to the Maldives, which is like my favorite place in the whole world. And I would text him from the Maldives and we were texting for a while and we dated briefly. It didn't work out when I got home, but the next year, then we never spoke again. The next year I go back to the Maldives and the second I land on the Maldives, he texts me again. And I just thought it was so interesting because I didn't even post that I was there for the first two days. And he had, I have no idea how he would have known I was there, but it was just funny because like energetically I was back in that state of which like we were connected and I felt like I had manifested him back by going back to that environment because that environment made me feel so like that version of myself when I was with him the year before, if that makes sense. So it was just really interesting. And that's what I do. Things like that have happened to me so many times where I do believe in energy and getting yourself in a certain like vibrational state, I guess you could say, attracts like crazy things into your life where you're like, that's so interesting. This person reached out the second I started to feel good about myself. Or when, you know, your ex calls you when you finally start to move on because you like let go of that energy and all that resistance around wanting them back. 
things like that happen to me all the time. So it's just kind of cool. It's kind of like a game in a way where if you look at it as like a fun game and life is like, you know, an energetic game where you can level yourself up all the time and attract everything you want, it becomes kind of fun. So, yeah. And speaking of getting over an ex, I think you have a kind of an interesting way of helping people do that by them changing their their names, I think, in their contact in the contact list to talk about like Oh my god, that's a joke. That was a joke. But yeah. I I mean, you know, that honestly does not work. I it was totally a joke. I made a TikTok about changing someone's contact in your phone to a totally weird thing, like a total like a weird name, I guess, if you don't want to talk to them anymore. That's a short-term solution maybe for a day or two, but obviously it was kind of meant to be like humor on my TikTok. I think the best way to get over someone is to understand that, as we mentioned earlier, trusting the process and your journey and understanding that there's a reason why you are not together. Like there's a good reason why you're not together because if it was like the best relationship ever and everything was healthy in the universe wanted you with this person, you would be with this person and you would be happy. And I think understanding that, like, I talk about the universe a lot because that's like my version, I guess, of like what power is kind of looking over me and guiding me through life. But everyone has a different version of that. I think the universe just wants you to be happy and to be aligned and to feel good. And usually if you're not with someone that's not working out, it's because you weren't feeling good. And instead of focusing on that, we tend to focus on all the good memories and we tend to focus on all the amazing times we've had with this person, which is totally normal and human because it's hard not to think of those things. But in the long term, I think just trusting that what's meant for you is really going to be a part of your life and to trust that and just take it day by day. Like that's part of how I've been able to get over things. And then I usually always end up in a better situation or I look back, I'm like, I do not miss that person. I, I can't believe I was like hung up on it for so long because I attracted better experiences into my life once I allowed it in. When we're sad about someone, it can really block better things from coming in because it's like an energy thing, as I said. you know, It's about feeling good in order to attract better. And when we feel like shit, it's harder to let those good things come into our life. And so speaking of energy manifestation, the universe, like what is something right now that you've been looking to manifest and attract in your life? I think as far as my career goes, I have huge goals I want to achieve into next year for my podcast. And I have a lot of plans for that because I see how quickly it's taken off and the feedback I've been getting is amazing. And I have a lot of drive to just keep creating because I know that one, I'm helping people and making an impact and two, it's just fun for me. And I always go, what makes me feel good. And like, what, what is fun to me? Cause I want to love my job. So I have a lot of goals that I want for that. And I just want to continue working on that and building that and hopefully manifesting, you know, huge accomplishments with the podcast and also just finding, I guess, I mean, this isn't really a huge priority at this moment, but just like finding a partner eventually. I think everyone wants to manifest two things in life. It's like having a soulmate, having like a dream relationship where you're super happy and having a lot of money. Like <laughs> I'm going to say, I mean, like obviously not having a lot of money. That's I shouldn't have said that, but like just being comfortable and being like able to live out your passions, do what you want in life and be happy doing it. Like th- those are things that everyone I think 
would want. So here's a hot take, right? Like, I don't think there's any issue with wanting to have a lot of money. No, I know. I shouldn't have said it like that, but yeah. I think where the problem arises is kind of, you touched on this before, is like when you're using it as fuel to make yourself happy, right? There's where it can get kind of tricky. But if you're happy with yourself, if you're hyper-focused on a vision, purpose, like your meaning and contribution to the world, and then as a byproduct of that, yes, you want to obviously be very successful so that you can do things, give back. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with that, right? It was like such a, I don't know if you believe in astrology, but- that was such a, like a Capricorn moment for me to say that. I feel like w- women on this podcast will understand. I don't know if you, f- do you follow astrology or no? Of course. What sign are you? Yeah, I've done a lot of the spiritual stuff. Like I'm a Libra. Okay. Okay, cool. I've done like cord cutting. A shaman's been on here. I've done Reiki. I've oh, done amazing. tons of like energy work. Yeah. Yeah, I love it all. Yeah. I mean, listen, the whole money thing, it's just, I think what I meant by that is just having like, the quality of life that is going to make you feel like at peace and just living out your dreams and living out like abundance, whether it's material or whether it's spiritual, whatever it is, just feeling good. And also just having someone to share those things with at some point, I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. They just want someone to be happy with and they want to live their dream life and like live out their passion. So those are all things that I think we work towards, but at the same time, just understanding that also it's about the process of getting there more than it is getting everything that you want. I think, as I had mentioned previously, getting everything that I had wanted to manifest in my life, also at a younger age, I realized that that wasn't really what fulfilled me the most. It was it was like the process of actually learning about myself fulfills me the most and actually taking care of myself. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with manifesting like, you know, $10 million. <laughs> I, I I love that. I love that. A lot of people come to me and they're like, how can I, you know, manifest crazy amounts of money, things like that, where I'm like, I get it, you know, who wouldn't take that if they had the, you know, the offer right in front of them. But everyone has their own. Yeah. And I think as far for in my opinion, as far as like manifesting, I think having a vision and like identifying like what you want is super important. But I think as important as that is trusting the process and taking action and, and trying to just see where things end up like netting out, right? How things play out because you're never going to get to massive goals by just sitting on your couch and like closing your eyes, right? You're going to have to get up. Oh, you're going to have to get up, do the thing, keep doing what's in line with like your, your heart and your intuition, And just seeing where things go like day by day and just adjusting as needed. Yeah. I think a big thing that is also a misconception about manifestation is, yeah, sit on your couch and think about it and it'll come your way. You're going to get a, you know, a million dollar check in the mail tomorrow by just like visualizing it. Like, honestly, I almost interpreted it that way too in the beginning as I was like learning more about manifestation, but no, you have to actually put work into what you're doing, but it should feel good to you at the same time. You shouldn't be miserable slaving away, trying to figure out, you know, the the next course of action. I think a lot of it comes down to feeling good about what you're working towards and making it fun and making it exciting because that's the way you get to your goals faster. And you can, I guess, manifest faster by making it feel good in the process. And then like, I guess the last thing on that is like, what's going on with like your music career? Like, I think I heard that you're like working on a a song or something that that's maybe like relates to your relationship with your grandma. Yes. So 
you know, you know my podcast better than me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for making me look like no, a stalker. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I mean, it's funny because I like when I go into the studio and I record an episode, I like black out. I literally forget what I, I literally forget what I recorded. And a lot of those episodes were recorded earlier this year. So I like kind of forget what I talk about, but no, I, so yes, I have a bunch of songs. I'm a singer. I have a song on Spotify now, but it's, it's a very old song and I'm looking to put out new music soon. So that's a whole other chapter, but that's like another project aside from everything that I'm doing right now, but that should be fun. It's more of like a passion project, just singing and like putting my music out, not really having any expectations around that, but are you going to go by list boss on there? I don't know. I really have no idea. I haven't really thought too much into the music process as much as I've been focused on the podcast, but I know that I just love music in general and it's been my number one it's been my number one passion, but I kind of just pushed it all aside for other things for so long. So I'm like, yeah, I definitely just want to do it just because it makes me happy and we'll see what happens with that, but and so the last question I have for you like revolves around doing things that make you happy, taking care of yourself. I know you're super passionate about taking care of your of your mental health and honoring all that. What are a few things that you do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, even on a monthly basis that help to improve your mental health? I stay active. I go for a lot of walks. I love going for walks and listening to self-help podcasts. I also meditate typical things I guess you hear nowadays like meditation and working out but it's almost like a crucial part of my routine because I notice the difference mentally when I'm not moving my body and I'm not getting my mind in the right headspace you can start to think a lot and spiral like I if I sit in my apartment all day and do nothing I start to think of like crazy things (laughs) so I'm just like I need to stay active I always keep my body moving I you know I talk about this a lot on the podcast, because even though it seems so simple, like going to the gym, it's so much more than that. It really just builds the whole foundation of the rest of your life and the rest of your day. I also, you know, I just try to focus on things that are going to make me happy instead of sad. Like I've eliminated a lot of things out of my routine. Like I don't listen to the news. I don't watch dark TV. I don't absorb negative content. And if I see something, I'll like mute it or make sure if it's affecting my mental health in a bad way, I just mute it. I don't scroll nearly as much as I used to. Maybe at night sometimes if I have 15 minutes, I'll look at some other people's content, but I'm very particular about what I'm consuming. Yeah. I just, I do everything in my power to surround myself with positive things. Like even listening to sad songs can affect me the wrong way. So listening to some upbeat music in the morning, you know, and it's just focusing on building a routine that makes you feel good. I think routine kind of like constructs your life in a really positive way. And yeah, those are just a few of the things, but there's probably a lot more that I'm not thinking of right now. I love it. Like routines and staying disciplined and doing what works for you. And those are all important things, no matter if you're looking to improve your mental health, looking to improve your career, relationships, whatever the, the case may be. And I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability throughout our conversation. And so Liz, this has been amazing. And I think people are going to want to check you out on social media. I think they're going to want to listen to your podcast. Where's the best place to connect with you? 
So uh, I have a podcast called Date Yourself Instead, and you can find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I also have a TikTok. It's Atlas, L-Y-S-S. And my Instagram is the same, Atlas. It's just L-Y-S-S, super simple, four-letter handle. Sweet. Well, I'll make sure to include the links to that stuff in the show notes. And for those listening, what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway. Maybe it was something that Liz said as far as how to take your power back. Maybe it was something she recently just shared about what she does to improve her mental health. Maybe it was something she talked about as far as past relationships or what she shared about external validation. Whatever the takeaway was, tag Liz and tag myself because we'd love to hear your feedback. We once again thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopst. We'll see you next time.